Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know. The average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know. Your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know. A falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And good evening, one and all. Welcome to another edition of the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, coming to our worldwide audience from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, X-Zone at xzoneradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV. And um, if you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. However, we're heard around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network across Europe and Asia on Euro Radio TV, in Belgium on Radio X, and on iHeartRadio. Exonation, my guest tonight is uh, June Hijek. As an author, speaker, and mind-body coach, June offers comfort and encouragement through her books, meditations, and workshops to people who are experiencing the challenges life can offer leading them to a place of grace and peace. Her philosophy on managing pain and stress emphasizes the emotional impact of those challenges and the importance of creating whole-body well-being. June is a graduate of the Advanced Training Program with the Center for Mind-Body Medicine with a focus on mind-body therapies for pain and stress. 
In addition to her training at the center, she is a certified hypnotherapist with the American Alliance of Hypnotists and is a Reiki master. June also studied and continues to practice a wide variety of meditation techniques, including mindfulness, transcendental, qigong, chanting, and mantras, as well as many other Eastern meditation practices. For more information, you can visit www.aplaceofgrace.net. And uh, June, welcome to the Exxon. Well, thank you, Rob. Thanks for having me. Um, I really appreciate this opportunity to help people understand more about wellness, and in particular, scoliosis. Well, you know, in today's society, wellness is a big topic because people who used to go to traditional Western practitioners are not finding the answers there. And thankfully for people like you, they have another venue that they can go seek, find out about, and many report are cured. How did you start your quest? I, I started with uh, George Epstein's book on imagery for medical issues. Um, I have a scoliosis myself and have been through seven spine surgeries. Oh, God bless you. And I knew, that, yeah, I knew there had to be a better way to handle the pain. Mm-hmm. And so I began my studies more to help myself, but it quickly became evident that what I was learning could really help a lot of other people as well. And, and you're right. Today, um, meditation and other holistic practices are becoming more and more mainstream. Um, meditation has actually gotten quite a resurgence lately. Yes. Um, and uh, people are really getting interested in it again. When I first started, it was all it was all very woohoo. Yes. And in fact, I had I had one of my um, meditation clients um, had a sister who worked on Wall Street, and her sister asked her if I was normal uh, because they taught meditation. So um, obviously, today that's a lot different. Well, I think that the the fallacy or the or the negativity of meditation way back when comes from the lotus position, the yogi, and the sitar music. Without people fully understanding the benefits of meditation, and that you don't have to be a yogi to do the you know do the lotus position and have sitar music in the background to accomplish it. That's correct. In fact, I don't think I could get into the lotus position if I tried. And um, and I, <laughs> what I tell my clients is, seriously, is, is it's all about being comfortable. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of rules, you could say, or things that might make it better. But really, it's about being comfortable and being able to go within and taking five minutes. People think, too, that it has to be 30 minutes or an mm-hmm. hour of meditation. It could be five minutes, and you've already gotten huge health benefits. And that's the other thing, too, that when I was looking at other at holistic practices, what I looked at were ones that had a real scientific background to them, that there, there's scientific evidence that meditation works. And we're going to be talking about that evidence when we come back from this commercial break. June Hijek is our special guest, and we're talking about everything that has to do with mind-body, and we're going to be talking about meditation, the positive side of meditation and like june said you don't have to be a yogi you don't have to get into the lotus position in fact i don't think i know one person who could actually get into the lotus position and you do not need to have sitar music going in the background when we come back june hijack will be telling us more about meditation and we're also going to be talking to june about her book unexpected grace a discovery of healing through surrender her website www.aplace of grace.net. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton. Whoa. Thanks, Craig. From Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. 
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back, everyone, and I would just like to give a bit of a programming notice here. On Saturday, July the 1st, all our live programming will be the best of since July 1st is Canada's 150th birthday. So from everyone here at the Exxon Radio Show and all our networks, affiliates, and the main company, Relmar McConnell Media Company, to each and every one of you across Canada and to the many Canadians that we have listening around the world, And to those of you who would love to be Canadians, a very happy Canada Day to you, and happy birthday, Canada. June Hijack is our special guest, and uh, June is the author of Unexpected Grace, A Discovery of Healing Through Surrender. Now, June offers hope, comfort, and direction to those going through difficulties we all face in life. She shares her personal story of moving towards physical and emotional healing through the seemingly simple act of letting go. June's meditation CD, Moving Into Grace, uses the imagery of gentle movement to help listeners experience freedom in the body and discover a place of center, balance, and grace. June's new book, Being Grace, shares the emotional consequences of having scoliosis and coming to self-acceptance through the story of Grace, a young giraffe who is diagnosed at an early age. www.aplaceofgrace.com Net. And June, welcome back. June, can you describe for our listeners who may not know what scoliosis is, exactly what scoliosis is? Well, most people think that scoliosis is just a curvature of the spine, when in fact it is a condition that impacts on most of the major bodily functions, most of the systems. It's, there's a neurological component, a hormonal mm-hmm. component. It's not just musculoskeletal. And um, digestion is impacted, um, vision is even impacted. Uh, so it really is a whole body um, condition, which is why I went towards more of a whole body uh, treatment for myself or approach to it for myself. Um, there, it is not uncommon for people with scoliosis to have migraines, uh, TMJ, uh, obviously other orthopedic issues, uh, foot problems, menstrual issues, infertility, breathing issues. 
um, you really feel like a walking medical nightmare until you begin to realize that the, the spine itself is really the scaffolding that protects the spinal cord. So if your spine is crooked, mm-hmm. um, it has to impact how the whole body functions and how it moves. Uh, so it, understanding that scoliosis is much more than just a curvature helps a patient to really be able to handle themselves and their treatment better. What are the statistics on people who have scoliosis? For example, how many people are? Are there more men? Are there more women who have it? Or is it an equal opportunity, hatred, debilitating disease? (laughs) It used to be predominantly um, white girls, usually on the taller side, and they would be diagnosed at at, um, puberty. Today, it's, it, it really is an equal opportunity. There are men and women, young boys. I just met a, a little boy uh, in the second grade who was diagnosed at birth. Um, so it, it, it used to be uh, just predominantly white young girls, and now it is all um, ethnic backgrounds, wow. all ages. Uh, older people are finding uh, that they have scoliosis. Um, I was diagnosed as an adult, mm-hmm. which um, changes the condition. Um, to talk about the numbers, uh, and you mentioned my books, Unexpected Grace was published in 2013, and at that time, there were 6 million people in the U.S. with scoliosis. Uh, when I wrote Being Grace, um, and that just came out in, uh, last November, the number was 12 million. That's, three million, that's doubling in yes. three years, a little over three years. And they don't know why, because they don't know what, cure, what causes it, they don't have a cure for it, and they don't know why there's a sudden... Um, res- or increase. That's a dramatic increase. It certainly and is. If, and if I can put that, yeah, if I can put that 12 million into perspective, mm-hmm. um, that's more than the number of people with breast cancer, lung cancer, type one diabetes, and autism all combined. And yet, there's very little that's being done to identify what the cause is, let alone find a real cure. Well, what are some of the warning signs that a child might have scoliosis? Well, today we do a much better job of screening. All, pretty much every school system will screen, and pediatricians are, are starting to screen at birth. Um, obviously, the curvature of the spine is, is usually the first thing that shows mm-hmm. up, uh, and that's what, you know, and the chicken or egg thing, do, do the other issues involved with scoliosis cause the spine to curve, or does the spinal curvature cause the other issues? And we really don't know. Um, if, it, if, it, if a child has problems, walking or balancing, Mm -hmm. you may see a different, uh, an issue with their gait. Um, They may not sit straight. Their posture may be bad. Uh, Those are some of the first signs that that maybe you really need to go and double check. Can you give give us some tips for parents and and kids how they might best manage the disease or the diagnosis? Well, the diagnosis can be scary for both the, the child and the parent. I was doing a workshop on scoliosis, and the, uh, one of the mothers there had just found out that her, her young girl had scoliosis, and she was in tears. I guess. It's a very scary, yeah, it's a very scary thing because the surgery itself is, is, is if they go that route, the surgery is really very dangerous and, um, and, and almost barbaric. When you look at the hardware that's put in, you're talking about titanium rods and screws and and, it, and it's, it's back surgery. It's very dangerous for anybody, let alone a young girl or a young boy. Um, so I, I think the best thing to do is to understand that, that it's okay to be afraid. Right. Uh, and much like I talk about um, with um, meditation and, and in my first book about letting go, it's the emotion that we attach to whatever's happening to us that creates the, the, um, 
the, the trauma. Uh, so if you can approach the situation without getting too emotional about it, then that changes your response and allows you to be clear about what you're going to do. I, I would tell parents, do their homework. Um, there are lots of new uh, non-invasive treatments that are starting to show great promise. Uh, and so I, I think that doing your homework and really checking out some of these other ones, there are two that I am very much in favor of, the Clear Institute and um, Scoliosis Systems. They both, they, they both approach scoliosis as a whole body um, because one of the things that people don't understand is that if, if you take someone um, who has scoliosis and you straighten them, the body does not believe that's straight. We all have proprioceptors in the brain that kind of monitor where our body is in space. In, in space. Mm -hmm. So if you're standing on a hill, your body will naturally lean into the hill to keep it straight. Well, people with scoliosis, if you straighten them, the, the brain does not believe that that's straight, so it will do everything it can to get the body back to, the, to its normal, which is why rods fa um, break, uh, surgery fails, and why bracing doesn't work, because the minute you take out the artificial straightener, um, the body wants to go back to where it considers to be normal. And so now some of these new treatments... And even some um, in, on the surgery side, they're starting to recognize that they need to work, retrain the brain and work on that side of things in order for whatever treatment they do um, to be uh, more successful long term. So, um, so I'd say parents, do your homework. And, uh, and, and there's no right answer for anybody. You have to know your child and what they can handle. Um, and, um, and, and that's going to make the driving decision between going surgical route or non-invasive route. But um, but you can't make that decision if you don't know. But if what's this, out there. but if this, the hardware that the surgeons put into a child or an adult with scoliosis doesn't work, why do they still do it? Because there isn't a better alternative. There are some hospitals. I was just out at Texas Scottish Rite Hospital for Children, mm -hmm. and they have some really really promising new hardware that is, that that should do better. Um, so it, it, the, the research is very slow, though, because they, there isn't a lot of funding. And, you know, and we have conditions that, that really do um, kill people. And so obviously that's where the funding is. Um, but um, if we can find a way to get more funding into research, then a lot of these, uh, these treatments will be more available to people. But right now it's, you know, people... The insurance doesn't cover the non-invasive treatments, um, so they go they go that route. And unfortunately, what's tried, what has been tried since 1964, which is what the surgery when the surgery began, um, it, it's not it, it fails as often as it as it works. But if a pro, if the problem is the brain not accepting or recognizing the surgical procedure, why do they not? first try to reprogram that part of the brain that sends out those signals to the rest of the body. Because until you change the, change the body, the brain, you can't retrain the brain. But you have, to you have to do them both together, which is why I do like the non-invasive treatments and had that been available to me, I probably mm -hmm. would have gone that route first. Um, because it's a much slower process. Uh, so the body has the ability to adjust to the new normal on a gradual basis as opposed to of waking up from surgery and being straight. So, um, it, it, and, and these are all new things that they're finding out about scoliosis. Um, and, it, you know, years ago, when, when I had my um, fifth, sixth, and seventh spine surgery, the, my doctor 
um, told me that very very few even uh, pediatricians or even orthopedic surgeons know a lot about scoliosis. They're just not trained on it, mm-hmm. and all they think it is is, a chiro- is either a chiropractic problem or a musculoskeletal problem. So you straighten the spine, that's it. But now we're finding out differently. It, what about the new age practitioners, the naturopaths, homeopaths? Is there anything that they can do to help the people who have scoliosis? They can't change the curvature of the spine, but certainly what they can do is they can create a, the, an optimum healing environment in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, they can handle they can handle the pain. They can handle um, the, uh, the the muscular response to being crooked. Uh, and they certainly help the person to be healthy, and therefore, if the person is healthy, then any treatment that they go through has a much higher rate of success. And that's the way I looked at it, too. What, what I always told my clients was, if you need knee surgery and you go to an orthopedic surgeon and he says, oh, don't worry about being relaxed for surgery or making sure your nutrition is good or taking any supplements to help um, and, and don't do meditation, don't worry about all that stuff, then run. Uh, but if you go to a Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine doctor and he says, oh, you don't need that surgery to repair your ACL, run too. You, know, you need them both. I think but when you look at the real holistic uh, or whole body wellness programs, they take the best of both worlds. And, and that's the way to treat scoliosis. And I personally believe that's the way to treat any, any illness um, or any challenge that you face. That you, treat, you have to treat both the body and the mind uh, together, not separately. Uh, so everybody, all those Eastern practices really do make a difference, but they help the body to be able to heal. But what about the emotional? Yeah, what, it does. But what about the emotional, psychological effect? The that is, in my opinion, probably the, the hardest part of facing any um, any any major illness or mm-hmm. any major major challenge. If you can stop yourself from having that um, negative emotion and you can let go of that negative emotion, then you, again, are, are more likely to heal better. Um, and it, it is the emotion that we attach. You know, for example, um, pain, and pain is just a sensation. And I shouldn't say just, but it is just a sensation. I can tickle two people and one person will squeal with laughter and giggle and have, and, and just be squirmy and laughing, right. and the other person will get angry and frustrated and, and hate it. Mm-hmm. Why? It's, it's the same sensation. It's the exact same sensation. What changes the experience is the emotion that I attach to it. So if I decide that something isn't bad, it's neither good nor bad, then I have the ability to, to change my response to it. Um, and I think most people are aware of the fight-or-flight syndrome. Yeah. Stand by, June. Um, We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exxon Nation, June Hijack is our special guest. www.aplaceofgrace.net, and we'll both be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. 
For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Exo Nation, uh, June Hijack is our special guest. We're talking about uh, scoliosis, amongst other things. And June is the um, author of the award-winning book, Unexpected Grace, A Discovery of Healing Through Surrender. And once again, her website is aplaceofgrace.net. Uh, June, before we went to the commercial break, we were talking about uh, the different modalities of healing that you know might be implemented at the time when somebody is diagnosed with scoliosis, but it seems that the only true way of, of helping is through surgery. Uh, no, that's that's really not true. Um, uh, many of the non-invasive treatments, the two that I mentioned, for example, mm-hmm. through the Clear Institute and scoliosis systems, are showing great promise. I um, was working with a doctor from the from the uh, Clear Institute, and he had a patient who had a 70-degree curvature, which is usually considered a real surgical candidate, um, he managed to work with her and, and got her down to what what is considered normal. So it can happen. It just takes longer. And I think, you know, we live in a, a world where we want an immediate fix. Sure. And uh, and so we're not willing to, to do the work or take the, the longer path when, when I can go into surgery and be fixed, quote-unquote, fixed tomorrow. Um, but, uh, but each... When you look at the the risk factors in any surgery, let alone scoliosis surgery, uh, it you know it, it really, in my mind, says you have to at least look at the other options and try them. Um, I would say surgery should be the, should be a last resort. Now, does it work? Um, it yes and no because remember, scoliosis has no cure. So what it does is it corrects the the major symptom, which is the curvature of the spine. But it really doesn't cure it, and there are so many other complications that come from it. Um, you know, you, when you go into for surgery, for back, in particular back surgery, you sign a waiver that says that you understand the risk of paralysis, of infection, mm-hmm. and death. Well, that's well, that's a standard. Really... <laughs> that, that's a, that's standard with any surgery. Right, and you never expect it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my case, two out of the three happened. And, uh, and, and so there are, there are significant risks to this kind of surgery. And, um, and, and despite what the Texas hospital is doing, the, the screws that they put these, they screw these rods directly into your spine, those screws are two and a half inches long. Mm-hmm. And so this is not something that should be taken lightly. And, and I personally would have a difficult time uh, putting that hardware into any young child of mine, certainly not without trying um, everything first. All right, but when it comes and, to uh, the difference uh, between the alternative methods and the surgical methods, are both methods covered by insurance companies, or is only the the surgical method covered? Right now, only the surgical method is covered unless mm-hmm. your, your um, particular health insurance plan covers chiropractic care and then a small portion of the other of the non-invasive treatments may be covered. So what's a parent um, supposed to do if they've got a child who has scoliosis but they they can't afford the alternative treatment? What options do they have? That's the sad part. That's why I wrote my books. That's why I'm I'm, I'm here talking to you is that that landscape has to change in order for us to to 
offer the same opportunities to parents regardless of their financial condition. Um, and that that is really the tragic part of all of this, that these, these, these protocols are available and have been shown to, to work, and yet the only thing people can afford is to put these, you know, 12-inch um, rods, mm-hmm. titanium rods the size of a pencil, and screw them into your child's spine with two-and-a-half-inch screws. And so I, I hope, I mean, that's why if we can increase funding, if we can all you know, work with, um, it, it's going to take a long process. And I, th- and I understand that. I think you're, you're, you're absolutely right in stating that sometimes parents don't have a choice because they have to do something. I'll give you an and, example. Uh-huh. I, I worked with a, a group of medical researchers and professors and doctors at McMaster University Hospital here in Hamilton to try and raise money because they had uh, research that they were working on that could actually help people walk again after neck and spine injuries. Do you know, not very many people were interested in funding it. I think there are so many things going on in our world that mm-hmm. it, it, we're so distracted and where do you put your money? Where do exactly. you throw your funds? And there are so many people, so many issues and they're valid issues that are competing for the few dollars that are available. Uh, it, it becomes very difficult. I, I wish I had the answer to that. I don't. I don't have the uh, solution sure. to you, that. You um, and me both. I only hope that people can can find a way to to donate more. Um, if my if you buy my book off of the Clear Institute website, uh, then a portion of my proceeds go to that um, that organization to help to pay for people who can't afford treatment. How so, much? How um, much is the? That, that's how, what I want to do. How much is the treatment? The non and, and the, the non-surgical really, treatment. It really depends on the person and how the degree of their curvature and what else is going on with them medically. Um, but um, my understanding is it can range from five to ten thousand dollars. Wow. So how can your yeah. book? How can your book help people listening today with scoliosis? How can meditation help? Well, meditation helps because, um, as we were talking before, the the um, emotional aspect of having scoliosis or any other medical challenge, mm-hmm. um, it, it creates the fight-or-flight syndrome, and whether it's pain or stress. And most people think of fight-or-flight as related to stress, but pain has the same impact on the body. Your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure increases, your breathing becomes quicker, your digestion slows because the blood is taken away from your digestive system and put into the major muscles. Yep. Your muscles become tense. All you know, all these things that we all know about, um, and meditation actually counteracts the fight or flight, and it creates what we call the the relaxation response. So, um, so it you know, so it helps not just with scoliosis, but if you've got high blood pressure, meditation is going to lower your blood pressure. If you have um, uh, one of the things that people don't understand when you're in fight or flight or under stress, fat cells release sugar into the blood, so you have more energy. Mm-hmm. Which, incre- which in turn can cause um, other issues, diabetes, uh, you know, or insulin resistance. Um, you have the secretion of all these bad hormones like cortisol, epinephrine, norepinephrine. And if you continually have this, now you have adrenal failure. So meditation really helps. When it helps to counteract that fight or flight, it really does a lot for uh, not just scoliosis, not just managing pain, but for helping to um, reduce the risk of other conditions as well. So it, it, when I said that the, it has a lot of science backing it up, 
it's because we know that it creates the, the relaxation response. It's been documented. You know, you, you, you also have scoliosis. Tell us about your situation. Uh, I was diagnosed at 25 um, after I had my son because one of the things that they don't tell you about scoliosis is that it can get worse with pregnancy um, and or um, menopause, uh, any, particularly for women, any, any hormonal changes in the body. So my, my um, situation got tipped over uh, into worse when I had my son. Uh, and I, they didn't think, at the time, they thought scoliosis didn't cause pain. <laughs> well, that, that's, been, <laughs> that's been changed. But, um, so I was patted on the head, told all new mothers have back pain. One doctor said I had lupus. Another one said I had fibromyalgia. They tested me for everything until finally that curved enough that they said, oh, wait a minute, this is, this is what's happening. Um, so I had my first surgery, uh, and, um, within, and they corrected me from the upper 60s at 68 degrees down to uh, 22 degrees, which is considered normal. And um, within less than a year, uh, my back had curved again um, up into the 60s, wow. uh, requiring a second surgery. And then that surgery, the rods broke and, um, because, again, my back kept trying to curve. And I had, to, I had to have a total of seven, I think I mentioned, um, because uh, um, as I approached menopause, I, I, my back continued to try to curve again, and so I, I ended up with more complications. It's been a long journey, um, but I think as many people will say, when they face a medical challenge or any kind of challenge like that, you come out the other side a much better person. I, if I didn't have this experience, then I probably would not have ever written any of the books. Um, I probably would not have become a wellness coach, um, and uh, you know, I, I'd be a different person. And so you can't. I, and I talked about having uh, an emotional response. Well, I, I can't feel badly about this because look at what it brought me. And um, and it's all how you look at your situation that's going to change the response in your body and change the the outcome. So. Um, so I wrote my books, wow. and I'm enjoying talking to people about it and spreading the word, and and that's what uh, that's what makes it all worthwhile. Your books have inspired adults and young people across the country. Why do you think the message is so is is so powerful? Well, the key message in actually both books um, was was really about self acceptance, about mm-hmm. learning to be okay with who you are, where you are, what you're doing, and even what you look like. And I, I, the only word I could come up for with that was, was grace. Uh, it's this really unbelievable peace of mind and being comfortable in your own skin. And that's what it felt like to me. I think that people are searching for that somehow. And, and we teach our children, and I think we try as adults to be tolerant of other people's differences, but we don't teach our children to be tolerant of their own. And, and to me, that's where the message was. I had to be, in the first book, I came out of it feeling like I had to be okay with who I was, where I was, what I was doing. And if I couldn't be okay with that, then I wasn't going to heal. And the same thing with Grace, my giraffe. Um, she learns to be okay with who she is, crooked or not, um, and decides that crooked isn't a bad thing. And so she, that level of self-acceptance puts her at peace. Um, and I want I want our kids and I want adults to to begin to really feel that um, you know we, we we're much better we're, we're compassionate towards somebody in a wheelchair but God forbid we would be in one uh, you know or we'll help somebody else open a door but we don't want that help 
because we don't want to be seen as being different or in any way needy. But all, doesn't, yet, it also, and, doesn't it also come to the person's own state of mind and their, their own ability to accept the unacceptable themselves? Absolutely. It, it's, it's accepting what is different about you and what is different that is happening to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, it, but having that place of acceptance changes the emotion about it. I'm not angry. I'm not fearful. I completely accept my situation. But acceptance does not mean resignation. It means it means accepting the reality of your situation and understanding that that's your reality right this moment. It doesn't mean it's going to be your reality in the next two moments. It just means right now you have to accept where you are. And when you do that, you're, you're better able to respond to the situation, uh, respond to the pain, respond to the challenge, whatever it is, because you don't have all this emotion, this fear and anxiety um, or anger um, flooding your system and keeping you from, from making, taking clear action. So it's, it's that acceptance that, that makes the difference. June, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exonation, our guest this hour, is June Hijack. Her website is www a place of grace.net or www.junehijek.com and that's spelled j u n e h y j e k.com and she's the author of Unexpected Grace a discovery of healing through surrender and uh, June and I will be back on the other side of this final break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton Ontario Canada once again this weekend is Canada's 150th birthday July the 1st So to all our Canadian listeners, our Canadian affiliates, networks, and everyone who is proud of the Maple Leaf flag, happy Canada Day, and remember, if you drink, do not drive. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back on the other side of this very short break. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. 
Exxon Nation, June Hijack is our special guest. Her websites are aplaceofgrace.net or junehijack.com. She's the author of Unexpected Grace, A Discovery of Healing Through Surrender. Now, uh, June, I see in your bio that you are a Reiki master and a certified hypnotherapist. Does, hypno, does hyp, hypnosis and or Reiki help with scoliosis? I believe it does. It, it helps with managing the, the pain and with mm-hmm. handling the situation without emotion, as I mentioned earlier. Um, hypnotherapy is very similar to meditation. The major difference is that in hypnotherapy, we're trying to create a behavioral change, whereas in meditation, the, you create your own outcome. Um, and uh, even in a guided meditation, you're still in charge of, of creating what you know how you feel about it, uh, whereas in hypnotherapy, it's really geared for a specific behavioral change. Um, so that might be, uh, it, hypnotherapy would be used in a pain situation because most people are afraid of the pain. Uh, they believe, they, 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 it scares them. Pain mm-hmm. is very scary. Uh, so what we would do is we would help them to, through hypnotherapy, not to be afraid or to change their internal response to the pain. So, um, and Reiki is, is an energy therapy. Um, when I worked with my clients, I really looked at four different um, buckets, you could say. And, one was relaxation, which was basically meditation or any other way that, that they, they found that they needed to relax. Um, the second was rejuvenation, which is energy therapy. Pain and even our world really saps our energy, um, and even other people can sap our energy. So you have to find ways to rebuild that energy, and Reiki is a very, um, a very good way of doing it. So I taught a lot of people about, about how to do self-Reiki as mm-hmm. opposed to being reliant on a Reiki practitioner. Um, and the third piece was nutrition, uh, because how we eat really does dictate how our body heals and how we deal with, with any challenge. And the fourth piece was movement. And it didn't have to be intense exercise, uh, but, but it's important that people move on a regular basis somehow, whether that's walking or dancing or swimming or, or anything else that, that really um, appeals to you. But I, like to, I, I believe that you needed all four prongs to create a real wellness program or a whole body wellness program. And uh, so I used some of the holistic methods along with, um, you know, with traditional fitness um, uh, methods as well and combined the two together. It's really an east meets, east meets west is how you're going to heal from scoliosis or from any other major challenge that you're going to be facing. So how does Reiki work when it comes to helping people with scoliosis? Uh, Reiki is a, uh, if you're going to a practitioner, it's about channeling energy uh, to that person to help them to heal. Think about it as giving them an infusion of energy. Um, and it's done through a combination of hands-on and hands-off. Uh, it's, it's the, we, from an energetic standpoint, this universal energy that you're healing is really love. And so it's, it's compassion. It's, it's, it's helping this person by helping them to understand and feel, really feel, like they are um, truly supported in this world. Uh, and truly connected to everyone else, and, and that's so that really boosts their energy. Um, but it, it, it's channeling chi, or you know, the um, original energy or universal energy, which is really love. Uh, so, teaching somebody self reiki, mm-hmm. they uh, have the ability to do it themselves, to do it themselves, and um, aren't really reliant. I had one client who, um, her, after her first Reiki experience, she, she said it was like being everything and nothing all at the same time. So she was very aware of her body and herself and what was going on with her. But at the same time, 
it was like it had all dissipated and spread and so that she felt so she was really connected to the rest of the world and every other person. And that makes us feel better when we know that we're not alone um, and we know that we're connected and supported, then that makes a huge difference to us. So is it is it a placebo effect? Is it mind over matter? How does it work? Uh, no, it's not mind over matter, but uh, if you think of it in terms of uh, all matter is energy, mm-hmm. even people. We're molecules bouncing around. Yeah. We have the ability to raise our energy levels, and our energy gets sapped from us. So if it's going at it from that perspective that if my energy levels are high, then I have the ability to handle what's coming at me or heal. So it, it's not placebo uh, because uh, it, it's really a matter of, of understanding that, that – um, you know, of raising energy levels, raising vibration of those molecules bouncing around and, and feeling as though you are really connected to yourself and to what's happening, um, what's happening with you. Uh, so um, it, it's just, it's, it's, not, it's not placebo, but some people really do feel it more than others. And, um, and some people get more out of it than others. It, it's a matter of how open you are to receiving energy. And, um, but I really, I, I've seen the result of it and I've seen it for myself. It, it makes a huge difference and you can get that same energy boost in different ways. Not everybody is, is open to Reiki. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so if you may get that and I get that energy boost on a spin bike <laughs> and, uh, you know, so you can, you can get it in different ways. The idea is to find a way that, uh, that will help you to raise your energy levels so that you can heal. Well, we all know that, you know, doing exercise releases endorphins, giving you that right. that that feeling of good. Share with us, if you could, we've got about four minutes left, some of the success stories that you've been able to witness because you have participated in them. I had a woman who came to me once um, who um, had, had swore she was dying from a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. She'd been to every doctor, um, and, and they all assured her that she did not have a brain tumor, her aunt had died of, of, um, of brain cancer, and so had her mother. So she was filled with a lot of fear and felt she was going along the same path. She had migraines that were absolutely debilitating, and she was on a lot of medicine. And I worked with her to help her to understand the energetic connection to her, her mother and her, her aunt's story, mm-hmm. um, and not just to them, but to their story and why she was so afraid. And, and it took time. It took a lot of, of um, different practices. Uh, meditation and Reiki were both very, very helpful for her. Um, and but we also looked at genograms, and we did some dial, uh, some uh, journaling and worked with draw, uh, drawing exercises and a lot of other things, too, to really identify what the emotional cause of her condition was. Within six months, she was completely off all medications. Wow. And, um, but- and has not gone back on them to this day. Do you, do you have a story that you can share with us about a child or a youth that you worked with? Because that must be so, so heart-touching when you can actually help a young person take a, a positive look at their life. There's, there's a young girl um, that, uh, well, she had such an incredible attitude to begin with, but it was a young girl that worked that I, I met through one of the chiropractors I was working with, and um, uh, she was she severely... Um, crooked her she's well into the 70s she's bent over and although I don't like this word people would say that she was deformed and uh, and obviously so and 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 yet you know so I spoke to her about um, we talked about and did some things to help her to to be okay with you know with what she looked like and um, and not worry about what 
somebody else said, that it was her opinion that mattered. And that's actually the story of Grace and the giraffe, too, that Grace is bullied, and she learns to um, understand that, that what the bully is saying only has power if she believes that it's true or she believes that what they're saying is bad. Um, so in this young girl's case, it was a matter of helping her to understand that uh, that self-acceptance and that what she has, what she um, believed about herself was really all that mattered. Um, and again, in her case, meditation was really powerful. Um, and uh, I had journaling in her case, too, because she really needed to get it out and, and talk about it. And we, we also do this um, exercise that's called dialogue, dialogue with your pain. Um, and your pain doesn't have to be a physical pain. It can be an emotional one. And, but you basically, you, you, you know, in her case, you write to your bully and you, say, and you tell them what you think and you mm-hmm. get it out that way. And, and that can be very powerful for a young kid. Um, so I've met some fantastic kids, um, and you know, and I've used meditation with with um, young people for different purposes. And uh, one was um, anxiety about tests. Uh, another one was um, what we call positive outcome. Uh, she was uh, an athlete and wanted help with um, being able to to imagine uh, a good outcome. To she was a track person to her races. Uh, so it, it can be used in a wide variety of ways. Um, unfortunately. Young kids don't come to me unless the parents are already open to it. And um, and but with the case of the young girl with scoliosis, mm-hmm. I had a chiropractor who was who had me meet with every one of his patients um, to help them to identify what the, how they were feeling emotionally and to help with them on that level. So I thought he was fantastic. We live in a technological age where electronic bullying as we've seen today, goes from the President of the United States all the way down to people in elementary and high schools. How is the best way for a person, a young person with scoliosis, to deal with bullying? Well, just like Grace does in the book, that bullying is all about, um, is about power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, if, and again, if you don't think that what the bully is saying is bad, then they're giving you a compliment. Uh, so if, if if a bully calls you short and you think being short is fantastic, then your response is thank you. And you know it's when you if you believe that what the bully is saying is bad, then then um, then it's going to be hurtful. But that doesn't that so that doesn't make that doesn't make it right that a person oh, no, can it doesn't bully. Make it right. Yeah, it doesn't make it right by any means. But what happens is the bully will go away because it's about power. So if the bully knows that you, they're not hurting you, they're not impacting you in any way, they will go off and find somebody else. And if, and if we could all, if we teach our children to be more happy or accepting of themselves just as they are, then, then you know, I'm, yeah, I'm not talking about overnight or maybe not in the next 10 years, but bullying would eventually die down. June, we have, have to no say, we have to say so long for tonight. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Next donation, if you'd like more information from June Hijack, visit her website, aplaceofgrace.net. And we'll be back on the other side of the news as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.